Hey there, this is Matt from Intercom, and you're listening to Intercom on Customer Engagement. Episode 5. What messages should you be sending? Back in Episode 4, we covered the characteristics that every good message has. If you skip that one, stop now and go back, because you'll need that intel before we get into applying those principles to the different kinds of messages you'll be writing. Now, when it comes to the messages you'll send, we're going to look at seven that will make up the core of your engagement with customers. We've used messages like these to help grow and scale Intercom, and we hope a few of them will help you do the same for your business. Number one, welcome messages. Ever been to a high-end restaurant? A maitre d' sets the tone for your whole experience as soon as you enter. And in a very similar fashion, a welcome message sets the tone for your product. Get it wrong, and it's likely the whole experience will be ruined. And in the same way a maitre d' might pull out your chair and tell you about the daily specials, your welcome message should focus on things that will actually help the recipient get value from your product. That might be the most impactful next steps for them to take, like sending a message or adding five teammates. The three most common questions customers have on the first day, which you can address up front so they don't have to hunt around for the answers themselves. Or simply a warm welcome from somebody behind the product who is ready to help that says something like, I'm the product manager of Example App, and I'd love to hear about what you're trying to achieve with our product. Number two, activation messages. Like it or not, many users who sign up for a product will only use it once, and this is especially true for products with a free trial. That's why you can't rest on your laurels and assume someone is committed to your product just because they signed up. They could easily be curious and simply checking it out. There will be times when a user signs up but fails to take the first step, like completing registration or adding their teammates. If it's two days after sign-up and they haven't carried out that next step, you should automatically trigger a message. Make it an email or possibly a push notification rather than an in-product message. The reason for this is simple. You're trying to get them back into your app. The message should clearly outline the next step they need to take and the value they'll receive from taking that next step. Number three, milestone messages. Your product should hopefully improve people's lives in its own particular way. So the next step is to define the bare bones milestones users must complete to begin experiencing that better life. If I bought a grill, it could be cooking up my first steak. In Slack's case, it could be inviting five teammates to the product. A good customer engagement strategy recognizes how your users are becoming that better version of themselves. And a timely in-app message or email is a positive feedback mechanism. It could be something like, congrats, you've done X, Y, and Z. Now you're three steps closer to why you signed up in the first place. When customers feel like they're making progress, they're much more likely to become recurring users of your product and as a result, become much more valuable for your business. Number four, feature announcements. The value of a new feature isn't a product of the time and resources you put into building it. It's about whether or not it solves a customer's problem and it's up to you to show them how. Focus the copy in your message on how this new feature will make their lives better. Put yourself in the shoes of the recipient who is probably hearing about the product or feature for the first time. What is the key thing that's going to convince them to give it a try? Is it going to improve their social life, save them time at work, make them more money? Avoid saying things like, we've spent the last month restructuring how our export functionality works. Instead, focus your message on what your users can now achieve. 
say something like, exporting reports is now automated, which will save you heaps of time. Here's how. It's a much better start. Number five, feedback messages. Writing emails or in-app messages to gather feedback isn't easy. You're asking a favor of the user in exchange for making the product better for them. It doesn't help that people are most inspired to give feedback when they have an extreme experience. There's a very good reason why you see Yelp restaurant reviews clustered around the amazing and appalling ends of the spectrum. Here are a few tips to make sure you're asking for feedback in the right way. First of all, be specific. Instead of a vague, do you have feedback about our app? Ask something along the lines of, was everything clear during sign-up? Second, tell them what you'll do with their feedback. Feedback is only useful if it's acted on. Instead of kind statements such as, your feedback makes us better, let recipients know what you're planning to use their feedback for. Is customer feedback reviewed weekly by your product managers? Does it help inform your roadmap? If so, say that. Finally, don't ask for too much. We've all been asked to fill out a 20-minute survey by a business we don't even remember dealing with. You can do better than that. Give your users one simple task to accomplish, and they're much more likely to do it. Number six, apologies. No matter how successful your business is, things will go wrong at some point. You'll under-deliver and leave some customers with a bitter taste in their mouth. In these cases, saying sorry for any inconvenience just won't cut it. Even the most well-intentioned apologies can produce the wrong effect if not worded correctly. You see this all the time in business communications, where well-meaning apologies are followed by rationalizations that divert blame from the company, or don't even actually admit liability. When but is tagged onto an apology, it cuts the sincerity from the original message. The best apologies are short and don't include explanations that can undo them. Here's a few tips. First up, own your mistakes. Your focus should be on what's gone wrong, not on the person's reaction to it. A simple, I'm sorry, is far preferable to, I'm sorry you feel that way, which turns I'm sorry into, I'm not really sorry at all. Then, explain what happened. This not only shows that you truly understand how and why something is a problem, but it also builds trust and transparency. Even better, be equally honest about what is being done to resolve the issue. Finally, don't hide behind an alias. Your apologies should come from a real human, not team at facelessmegacorp.com. Find someone willing to take personal responsibility for what's gone wrong, even if it's not directly their fault. There's always someone who's in charge and someone who the buck stops with. So make sure your messages come directly from them. Number seven, promotion and upsells. In his book, Marketing Metrics, Paul Farish shares a fascinating fact. The probability of selling to a new prospect is between 5 and 20%. The probability of selling to an existing customer is 60 to 70%. Promotions and upsells can be the low-hanging fruit of customer engagement, but only if you leave the snake oil tactics at the door. Making these messages successful depends on making the customer aware of the added value they could be getting. The first thing they'll ask is, what's in it for me? Make it clear what the offer is how it compares to your current offering, and how they can take advantage of it. But remember, making customers successful with your product is your long-term goal, 
so don't offer a promotion or upsell unless it makes sense for your customer's business. The bottom line is this. The average person receives over 122 emails a day. When you include in-app messages and push notifications, that number is even higher. Even when you're competing against the powerful forces of life, like distraction and busyness, there will always be room for messages that are interesting, unique, useful, and actionable. And the difference between producing good message content and producing great content isn't that huge. But the difference in the results you'll see is. This has been Intercom on Customer Engagement. 